Episode 13. I am Ike DiLorenzo. I'm Justin McGann. And, uh, this week on the podcast, we're going to talk about moments, which are the, the new thing in tech. Uh, you've, you've heard of experiences now. Now it's all moments. And how else would you capture those moments but with Google Glass? Because experiences, you have time to take your phone out, but moments, you don't. So we're going to talk about Google Glass and the ridiculous article in CIO about uh, why IT should ban Google Class before it's too late. And we're going to talk about, uh, of course, some interesting news that with the Chinese telecommunication companies and possibly spying in U.S. And while we're talking about international politics, we'll talk about Obama and his uh, fantastic selfie that he took of himself and a Danish PM and uh, David Cameron at the Nelson Mandela's funeral. Okay, so I spent last week at a certain, at, at the annual meeting of a certain very large CPG that invites all its, uh, that's consumer packaged goods, uh, that invites all their vendors to come. And this place had hired so many vendors that all the vendors were talking about moments. Yeah. Like, what is the predecessor to moments? What did they used to be? Experiences? Experiences. Okay. Yeah. Experiences. So, right. It's too active, though. It's also too long. Experiences. Yeah. A moment is like the point at which the cat falls over because he's pawing at something in the YouTube video. You can't even watch the whole video now. You right. just need that moment when the cat falls off the dresser. Right. What would experiences used to be? That Experiences are videos. Moments are gifts. <laughs> so every company was talking not about anything long these the companies are now down from focusing to like used to focus on the lifetime of the customer and then maybe on like the store visit Mm -hmm. and then on capturing like the user experience while they're sitting in front of their computer now it's about just making them smile at one moment Mm -hmm. and and some of them are doing it like uh well when they're on your page during their experience we'll capture moments by injecting some silly game right so that they can like catch the soup can or they can get a coupon to get more money or something like that. And I, it's weird how moments which did not really exist as a conversation point are now all anybody's talking about in, in trying to inject it into every internet company. Yeah, it's just a, a nice, softer way to, to pitch these improved experiences. And moments <clears throat> sounds nice. It sounds... No one talks about a bad moment. Talk about the good moments in your life. It also is extremely passive, I think. Right. Like, user experience sounds to me like the user's actually interacting and doing something. Moments is just sounds surprisingly passive. It, it, it is. It's, well, think about, like, great experiences of your life. You think about huge things. I don't know, skydiving. I don't go skydiving. But this is what people would say is their great experiences. And great moments, you would think of something more quaint, not so overwhelming, just a nice thing. Yeah, it's very strange. So, um, so Instagram is like what kicked off this our our rant about moments because it was. That's their new tagline for sharing moments with their messaging. Yep, and there's a whole slew of startups that have picked this up. There's this one startup here in San Francisco who was at this conference 
called Keep, K-I-I-P. They basically try to take whatever context you're in and make you smile in some way, usually by having silly cartoon characters involved mm -hmm. in some game or getting a coupon or something like that. But they actually, it seems like they're only using the user experience as some sort of vehicle to inject these moments. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's, the, that's a symptom of the fact that there's no user experience anymore because it's continuous. You're on your mobile almost continuously. You know, like at the desktop, when you talk about user experience, the person was sitting down, they're about to right. use the thing. Mobile, it's just one continuous experience, so you have to focus on the moments that are interesting. Right. Moments, uh, mobile is very moment-based. It's the uh, cycle that people use. The mobile device is very short. It's, you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there. Not long time in between, but desktop, even laptop, is half an hour at a time. Yeah, maybe that's why there are no desktop or laptop moments, because you're like sequestered with your computer. You're not going to experience any fun no. moments. No, there's no moments on a, a laptop. <laughs> I'm sitting on my couch. Oh I'm my sitting God. on my couch. The Excel formula worked on having a moment. <laughs> like, maybe not. So, like, obviously, the, the moment capturing device of the moment. Of the moment. Google Glass. Google Glass. So, which... Sh totally and shockingly to me at this at the meeting of this very large consumer package good company kept coming up google glass is now how you say we're ahead of things even though i don't think anyone believes google glass <clears throat> is actually going to like ever become a consumer product some variation of this wearable internet of things absolutely but i don't think anyone really thinks google glass is going to maybe it will but when i talk to people that no one's high on Google Glass, make it, but it's how you say we know about things. Yeah, it has to be, in, if you're talking about the future in your presentation, it has to be in there. Right. And so they were talking about, like, leaning over the pot with your Google Glass and cooking, that the Google Glass might fall in the pot, it will be steamed up, the camera will malfunction due to high humidity. Those were not covered, but you must wear the Google Glass while you're using their products so that you can snap, of course, more moments. Right. You have to get these. You have to get these moments. Uh, and then, and so, there are places where you don't want to capture moments. Like there's the article that you sent me from CIO.com about right. ban ban Google Glass before it's too late. I like before it's too late, because uh, you know you can't ban it once people are... right. Well, let's let's, let's let's start talking about banning a product that's impossible to get. It's very very hard to get Google Glass. There's a very limited amount. We see it here in San Francisco, but I guarantee my friends on the East Coast that don't live in cities have never seen Google Glass. Oh, yeah. People are not walking around Newark, Delaware wearing Google Glasses. No, it's even still, like in San Francisco, when I see someone wearing Google Glass, there are always tourists taking pictures of that person. And, yeah, it's rare. When you see it, you're like, what is that guy? <clears throat> a few weeks ago, I was out walking Presidio, and I saw a guy running with Google Glass. What is, why could he possibly need Google Glass? What, is, what does he have on the screen? He may have, hopefully he has $1,500 insurance in case they fall off during his exercise. I, maybe he has a map, and he, so he can't get lost. I don't know. It makes no sense. <clears throat> I saw someone sitting at brunch with them on. Like so in the workplace... I find it hard to believe that people would wear them in the workplace for any legitimate reason. Mm -hmm. 
which this is the point of the article, uh, the article is IT should ban Google Glass because it's very dangerous to have in the workplace. Right, which is also dumb because you the currently there was a time when some workplaces I was living on the East Coast then and secure workplaces and government facilities and stuff would not allow you to have a cell phone that had a camera on it. Mm-hmm. So you'd, you'd have to check, when you went in, you'd, they'd look at your cell phone. If it had a camera, you had to check your cell phone before you went to work. So those were always the people at the store who wanted to buy the phones with no camera when it was possible to right. do that. So I guess it's similar, but it's, it's similar in that it's an unfounded fear of something you can't possibly stop. Yes. That's how it's similar. Because so you would have to ban voice recorders, GoMo cameras, your current cell phone, which can record voice and video. Laptops. Your laptop, which all have cameras in them. Cameras, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's impossible. And a Google Glass, at least I know the battery is going to be dead in a pretty short period of time. Yes. And also with Google Glass... You know that person is a potential recorder of information, where if I have my cell phone in my pocket, you don't know that I have the potential to record. Right. I guess everyone does. At least that. it's a, I mean, but it's, a, if someone's wearing Google Glass, you're mindful of it. I'm sure when a product like this becomes a consumer product, you'll get used to it and it will be, we can take pictures of people at any time on our phone. That's become a normal thing. Yes. And it is actually in the workplace. You like you always snap a picture of the whiteboard with your camera. Yeah, you it's know. not it's not weird at all to see someone take a picture of, of something at work and no one assumes nefarious uh, mm-hmm. intentions. The the weirdest as an aside, the weirdest look in Google Glass are for those people who do not require prescription glasses and they wear the Google Glass with no lenses in it. It's yeah. Okay, that is even more bizarre. Like for people listening to the podcast, if you do intend to wear these, just put lenses in them, even if there's no prescription. It looks less dumb. It's right. still not non-dumb, but it's less dumb. Yeah, there's. let's just understand glasses had a purpose for a long <laughs> period of time. At least if we're going to do the charade, put glass, put, put the actual lenses in there. Yes, so when you're in your enterprise and you're walking around, you don't look like a fool. And when the data in, in your enterprise is flowing over the Huawei route, Huawei <laughs> telephone equipment <laughs> on the way out of your enterprise, China will have full view. Oh. Alright, so give a, you know more about this than me. Give, give me the recap of this. It's just that, okay, so there have been articles popping up, you know, like I read Financial Times. So in the Financial Times, I'd say every couple months, like over the summer, there are these so-and-so accuses Huawei of spying. This is a company that makes everything from the handset to the telephone switching equipment to the software that makes it all happen. They kind of build your whole telephone network out in many countries. So they have access to all your calls, all your data, everything. And they are a Chinese-run and, I guess, invested Chinese government-invested company. So there's no company in China that's completely independent <clears throat> yes. of the government. So Australia accused them of spying, and then France was worried about it. Um, the United Kingdom has a center for analysis of cybersecurity and telecommunications. The center itself is apparently financed and staffed by Huawei officials. So everyone's very upset now that this guy um, has left. Uh, this, this former um, U.S. government security official has come out saying that Huawei is spying on everybody, basically, who uses their equipment. 
which gives them access to a lot of the world. And now the U.S. and Australia and Europe are trying to think about throwing them out. This is fantastic. <clears throat> and let me tell you why this is fantastic. Is because we can hear read stories day and night about AT&T and Sprint and Verizon turning over our data to the government, and people just aren't going to care. They just won't. But if they're Nerds Chinese... like us will care, but middle America's not going to care. Tell middle, middle America that a Chinese telecommunication company... It's awful. It's awful. But at the very least, a, a company outside the United States doesn't have to be China. It could be just any other country that doesn't have this American thing. And all of a sudden, you it's another telecommunication company turning over data to another government. Yes, and not just any telecommunication company, but you Huawei, you can't pronounce it when you see it written. It starts with an H, and it's got a lot of letters. Yeah. And it has this cult-like... Kind of this red cult-like sort of phoenix-looking logo. It is and out of a sci-fi book. It, it, it's like something. What's it's like from Lost? It's like the people who built the city in Lost that was like underground or something, and they have access to all their private data. And the photos always have like these either the logo or very Chinese-looking people like in front of some strange office building, like just trying to look really foreign. Right, nationalistic. Uh, but the so funny... It raises the question, and uh, the, the White House, the administration met with tech companies uh, yesterday. How come the rest of tech companies are so about privacy and telecommunication companies, even those in the United States? Are so awful about it. Google will petition the government to keep the information from them, and Verizon just Verizon, AT&T, these companies just apparently turn it over. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's a long tradition of the phone company. You know, like the old crime drama, where they go to the phone company, they're like, "So we gotta check out." You know, there's a long tradition mm -hmm. of these companies turning over data. I think we're kind of okay with it, like you said. Yeah, we are okay with it. It's weird. <clears throat> Is it because the it's the, just in the early days of the telecommunications, the government subsidized these these frequencies and these. It feels like there's an ownership, whereas with the internet, we don't feel that way. Even though it's absolutely true, the government still subsidized the the birth of the internet. Yes, and people are doing far more embarrassing things on the internet than they've ever done on a telephone. Maybe that is part of it. Maybe that's true. <clears throat> But there's still, Google there's a formality to phones, maybe? I don't know. I don't know if that's true with text messages and everything. It's just newer. And with Google and Facebook, like, it seems now they're loving this Huawei thing because it's... And the NSA probably loves it, too, because it gives, someone, gives you someone else to worry about having your data. It almost seems quaint that the NSA has your data when the Red Phoenix Chinese Corporation has is trying to get at your private data. You almost want the NSA to help you protect yourself. <laughs> yeah. Well, certainly when you look at the more uh, inflammatory things that have come out recently about the NSA spying on different governments, uh, it makes it seem like not a, a big... At least you think, well, other governments are spying on us, which is a horrible mentality to take, but people will take it. But the most scandalous thing is, um, you know, they keep quoting... the as the thing that's supposed to get you to the point where you're saying, oh, that's too much. It's when they spied on Angela Merkel's personal cell phone. Mm -hmm. Then at that point, you're like, okay, this is too much. It's insane. Like, there is something about, okay, the, the phone, the landline from this diplomatic mission, of course, everyone's spying on it. 
but her personal cell phone that has like you know her text messages to her boyfriend or whatever like that's too much we you know spying we hate efficient spying if someone's spying good old-fashioned like it's like uh in baseball people don't like steroid users people who are like using these cutting-edge ways to like cheat the system but people look like kind of like it's endearing when guys like spitball pitchers or, or like they sneak a vaseline on their, their oh, yeah. hats yeah. these little ways to gain the system you're like oh you know oh shucks endearing but then the, the guy the steroids users are the ones that you hate yeah that's true <clears throat> um so uh speaking of personal use of cell phones that you can't go by having a mobile podcast for a week without mentioning Obama. It's that photo, the, the picture of Obama. Obama selfie gate. Yes, taking his picture uh, with the Danish Prime Minister and... Uh, Cameron. And, yeah, and David Cameron. And with Michelle Obama, it's probably, she probably did not, had no opinion about it, but right. her facial but expression... because of the picture, yeah. it makes you like her more because you're just like, yeah, Michelle over there being an adult. Sitting at the side, <laughs> listening to the ceremony. And Obama's particularly making that face that people make when they are getting... With, like, their... chin forward, head yes. back a little bit. Yes. You're leaning into the... Uh, yeah. And she's just... completely 100% uninterested. And, like, and there's three hands on the cell phone. It's it's just awful. <clears throat> Selfie, it's, it's the thing now. Uh, it's the word of the year. It's... Whatever. How often do you take a picture of yourself, Ike? I think it's extremely rare. But the but when you do it, that photo, f- for some reason, gets around. This is... I don't understand this. I don't take pictures of myself. I, I use my phone all the time. <clears throat> I take pictures all the time. And... It's just... also a ridiculous act because... You're holding, usually it's you and another person or mm-hmm. other people, and you're, it's awkward because you have to hold the camera out. So it's, you're drawing incredible attention to the fact you you're can, doing yeah, it. You can spot someone taking a picture of themselves from across the street. Yes. And so here's my, here's this, I've come up with the, the Justin equation. The, the McGann algorithm is take someone's Instagram profile and amount of pictures that they've tagged themselves in. So these are pictures they've taken of themselves. Yes. And then divided by total pictures taken. And this is, you get their rating, their selfie rating. And then I don't want to use, (laughs) it's their prick rating. Because if you take lots of pictures of yourself, I would also maybe mix into this, this idea, not hand, pictures of yourself or something that you've bought. Because... Yes, and the, no, I think pictures of yourself are, it's your self-absorption rating, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's ridiculous. It's, who, why and do I am now thinking of myself? the people I know for whom that is true, and your rule does hold. Well, and it goes back, it goes even further back. You know, the uh, Australian Aborigines believe that you take a picture, it takes a piece of your soul. You know what? I thought that this was an insane theory until now. It's just a sliver. But if you take <laughs> lots and lots of pictures of yourself, I think you lose your soul. Yes, yeah, so you have Instagram, whatever millions of pictures per day. Okay, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, That's good. We, we had to comment on Obama's selfie. Well, the fact that he... The other thing I found incredible is the or- articles about it became increasingly like... There's the, pic- the fact that he took a picture of himself... 
and that oh, Michelle happened to be there and the accident of her having a weird look on her face. Mm-hmm. And then the interpretation of it by all the, all the people on the blogs and the press, which was completely extrapolating non-truths out of the photo, right. to the point where some, I think the New Yorker was talking about how the Danish prime minister was an irresistible pastry with her legs exposed that lured Obama and I mean it became totally ridiculous it's 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 just it's waiting for some people for someone to do like that something like that because it's just such a taking a picture of yourself a selfie picture with your cell phone it's just such a ridiculous thing to do yeah that uh it just it makes you want to take it and run with it uh, so it is. It is a holiday weekend. It is a holiday weekend. So yeah. we have uh, our podcast this week. We're going five minutes short because we know time is precious That's for right. everyone who's shopping on their mobile devices. Hopefully, this is lending you some sanity as you're flying to wherever you're going this holiday season. Yeah. Uh, so we will see you uh, in January 2014. The new year, 2014. On the next episode of Landscape Mode. All right. Uh, I'm Mike DiLorenzo. I'm Justin McGinn. We'll see you next year.